Welcome everyone to another episode of the Talk Dental to Me podcast. It's February. I hope you've had a great start to 2024. Welcome back if you've been here before and welcome to any new listeners. I'm so glad you're here and I hope the podcast adds value to your career. I feel like I hit the ground running this year after returning from holidays. Apologies to those following me on Instagram and TikTok where my platforms became a travel account for the fortnight I was away. And I actually really loved creating lifestyle content. I may start posting more. I already am on TikTok, so let me know what you think. And this actually ties in really well with this podcast episode where we are discussing non-clinical work online and on social media. And what some people may not know is that I actually do quite a lot of non-clinical work now, dental and non-dental, and I thought, why not talk about it? It's become a huge part of my life now so organically, which I'm very grateful for, but you're obviously listening to this episode as you're interested in non-clinical work, and although my path is quite non-conventional, I hope it helps even just one person out there, and I'm sure it will because I also have the lovely Fiona Mattressing. She's a Canadian dental hygienist who has also gone down the same path as I have working online and is kicking goals. We chat about working with brands and chat pretty transparently about how much our non-clinical income supplements our overall income, as well as other non-clinical pathways in working with brands. Fiona also shares her journey and also her best tips for dental hygienists to find non-clinical work. We also do a quick fire segment where we answer questions sent through by you guys on Instagram. So let's get into the episode. Hi, Fiona. Welcome to the Talk Dental To Me podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I've never really spoken about this side of what I do, which I think is going to be a really interesting episode for maybe both of our communities and listeners and just peers in general. So I'm excited to unpack what it means to be a dental hygiene content creator sort of what we both do and where that's taken our career. So I know a lot about you, Fiona, because we've been following each other for a while. But for those of you who don't know who you are, I would love for everyone to hear more. So please take the floor. Okay. Thank you so much. My name is Fiona Mattressing. I'm a registered dental hygienist. I do reside and work in Canada. And I've been practicing for 12 years now, a little bit over 12 years now. And I do love, genuinely love dentistry. So I do want to put that out there. What we're talking about today is not something that I wanted to like bypass working in clinic. It was just something that built on it. Mm. Being with that, I do genuinely love dental hygiene. And I am the type of person though, that loves to kind of see what I can do more and how I can build on things. And so I think that's where it's come into play that I've moved a little bit outside of the operatory. Aside from being in the operatory, I teach clinical at a college for dental hygiene. I do create content. I do some speaking. I do create mentorship offerings for new grads. I do some KOL, some advisory boards, et cetera, et cetera. You're super woman. Only looking to add more. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. So what's your current split between working clinically and working non-clinically? So I don't work in the op in a dental setting with a patient right now, currently. There's always opportunity for me to go to back. Mm -hmm. I am teaching the majority of the time that I am doing any kind of dental hygiene. So that's three days a week and they are only half days at that. Really not doing that much in the kind of clinical sphere. 
Mm-hmm. Outside of that, I would say the majority of my time outside of that is spent doing social media type aspects or spending time with my son and family. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do see him on your Instagram. He's really, really sweet and he loves his mum. Well, he's gotten into the habit. I show my videos now. I'm like, what do you think? Do you like that? Oh, really? <laughs> he's getting a little knack. Yeah. He's your second <laughs> set of eyes. No, mum, you can't post that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Now, for those listening into this episode, it's probably people who have a genuine interest in or they're at a point in their career where they're thinking, hey, what else is there outside the operatory? Now, you've listed quite a few sort of options there in terms of what you're doing. If someone maybe wasn't social media inclined, is it still sort of a sphere that they should look into, do you think? They definitely can. Like, I wouldn't say that I was social media inclined when I first started. Mm, I actually took a course. Oh, cool. I started my channel. I kind of did a bit of research on like what was going on, what people were doing. And I started it. And then I saw that there was like a course, a social media course. And I took that from a social media management company. And just to, I guess, check in with what I was doing. Mm-hmm to see if I was on the right path and then to see if there's anything else that I could learn from it that would help me. So that really helped me to just reaffirm that I did have the right understanding of what I was kind of researching and looking into, but I wouldn't have said I was a social media like guru when I began this at all. Mm. I was just like, I want images. I want nice images. Let's do that. (laughs) I want an aesthetic feed. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel that. And we chatted on your Instagram live before. I feel both of our sort of non-clinical journeys have progressed quite organically, which we've been very, very lucky for. But if you're someone sitting at home thinking, "Mm, I don't think that I want to start recording myself from where both Fiona and I both started. I will tell you before I even committed to going on Instagram and thinking this is what I want to do, it took me months to pluck up the courage and actually create the page. I feel like it was maybe August, September of 2020 where I was thinking, okay, I think I'm going to do this. And I didn't get on until January. It took me so, so long. And people look at me and think, oh my goodness, like, how do you do it? I didn't start feeling super confident. So if you're listening and you're like, oh my God, I don't think I can't. If I can do it, (laughs) then you definitely (laughs) can do it. But I also want to touch base on working with brands, but sort of more specifically how to negotiate with them because I feel like in our industry, I've seen a few posts floating around the last sort of year, year and a half, creators putting videos out, don't do work for free, don't do this, don't do that. What in your opinion is sort of a starting place? Like do you think we should be doing work for free or is it a no-go? What are your thoughts? And that's like a hard one because I feel like it's really dependent on like where you're at, what your goals are with your channel, what the type of product is. So for me, I'm not a hard and fast rule of like, I don't work for free. There are definitely companies that I still work with right now that I am technically working for free because I'm not getting cash, Mm -hmm. but I do get product that I feel is surpassing the cash that Mm -hmm. I could get with them. It's not many of them. There are products that maybe I'm forging into like a new lane 
I might agree to do one free product with a specific type of company just to get a better understanding of how to work with that company and how to work with that type of product. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I do, most times I won't just flat out say yes Mm -hmm. to free. And most of the companies that I work with, it's not for free, but even if they promote it, I won't flat out say yes, it's for free. Mm. I will try to pop to see if there is something that I can get from them monetarily. Because I mean, we are working hard. We're doing a lot of work. Yeah, agreed. Receiving the product, utilizing it, researching it, filming it, editing it, and then backing it with our credentials. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you also have to take that into the equation. Mm. It's really up to you, but I definitely have worked for free. There's products that I do work for free now, but it's not something that I do on a very regular basis. Mm. And again, you have to look at your end goal. What do you want to do in that spectrum? Is that doing that free for that first time going to build a relationship with the company to then have paid options further down the road? You got to look at those things. Yes. Yeah, no, backing what you said about building relationships with these companies, it is give and take. I feel like earlier in my journey, I wasn't asking for very much, that's for sure, but agreeing with you in that if a oral care brand was to gift, I don't know, whatever, an electric toothbrush to just your average influencer, there's not that same impact. There's not that same influence that we as oral care professionals, dental clinicians, hygienists have. Like The weight of our influence in our sphere is definitely much more influential than just the average influencer for our niche. So I think we all need to remember that. But also in saying that it is a very give and take sort of area to have to navigate. I am the same as Fiona where there are brands that I absolutely love, like love, 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 even though they may not give me cash or I'm sending out an invoice. I love their products so much and I align with them so much and their brand is great and I'm honored to associate myself with that brand. I'm happy to receive product rather than a monetary value in that instance. So it is definitely circumstantial, but at the end of the day, definitely remember your worth. And companies, when they do approach you, they've got a product, particularly in oral care in Australia, for example, there are quite strict guidelines on how you can create like a food product if it contains xylitol or a toothpaste. So there's a lot of money involved in creating a product. And so I think if a brand has committed to this journey of creating a product in this day and age in 2023, there has to be a marketing budget in that as well. And if you have worked really, really hard, like someone like Fiona, where you want to ask them to use their influence to share your product with thousands and thousands of people, I think it's more than reasonable to ask for money for your time and your energy and your influence within your community. But definitely it's a tricky question, (laughs) but I think the general consensus between both of us is it definitely depends on the situation. But I also like that viewpoint of you actually saying, hey, I actually really do like this brand. Maybe I'll do something non-paid and then hopefully take the chance on building a relationship. So yeah, really great points there. 
So just to add into that one there too, is even if you were to do it non-paid, discuss that with them Mm. in the beginning. Like say that, you know what, okay, ask for the monetary if they decline, say that, you know what, and if you feel really strongly about it, agree to it and say that I will agree at this time for this value in the hopes that we will do work together in the future. You'll like my work and we'll work together in the future Mm. in an an extended capacity. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. It is a lot of trial and error, isn't it, Fiona? There's no hard and fast rule. (laughs) And I feel like I'm sure you can agree with me. We learn as we go. We've maybe done collaborations that you're like, oh, wouldn't do that again. Or, oh, I should have done that differently. Why did I do that? I know what to do in the future. So everyone does have their own journey. But listen, I still have times where I'm like, man, I think I left money on the table here. I should ask yeah. for more. <laughs> I'm still learning as well, too. And even though the industry has been around for a while, it hasn't been in dental. Mm, yep. All of us who are in dental are really trying to figure out how far can we take this? What does that look like? Mm-hmm how is that monetarily of value Mm. as well too? Yeah, no, great conversation. And I think this is a bit of a cheeky question from someone that sent it through, but I think I've never spoken about it openly and it probably will never put a figure out there, but someone's asked how much does your mine non-clinical work supplement your income if you're Mm. comfortable to share? Yeah. If we're looking at the figures of like what I actually take in, right now. And like I had mentioned before, I really only work in a dental setting at the college three days a week, half days. Aside from that, I'm pulling in more than half of what I would have made before. So like I'm back up to like exactly what I would have made working almost full time. Love that. Mind you, I haven't worked like six days in a long time in life. Usually my max was like five or four, but yeah, I'm back up there. And then I'm working on trying to go beyond that now, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's And amazing. that would be on an average basis. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It goes to show that the hustle does pay off because when I do ask people who are closer to me and they sort of see the work that goes into what I do, hygienists around me, they're like, how do you have the time? Because it's worth the time. Like that would be my answer. And like we spoke about in our live You really need to figure out first what you want. And I mean, everyone's got different values in life and some people are happy to work clinically for the rest of their days. Like that's their calling and they're happy to be in the operatory till they retire. But for me, I started to look into other non-clinical options a good couple of years in, but it wasn't till sort of post-COVID, that time of our lives where we all reassessed what we wanted to do, that I really started yeah. to think, <laughs> what can I do? And I was thinking sales, and I have been offered a sales position before, but I don't know. What do you think about sales, Fiona? I feel, I just don't think I'd like being on the road all the time. Whenever I see sales reps come in, it's like they're always out of breath, like, I mean, they do amazing work, but I don't know if I could be on the road all the time being like one clinic at 9am, another clinic at 11. Oh, this practice has something wrong. So you got to go there at 2pm and driving stresses me out. So I I knew hard and fast. I'm like, I don't think sales is for me. And there's education as well. That's another non-clinical aspect that you can go down to as well. But I think where Fiona and I align is that we wanted to create like a different type of life for ourselves where we had the freedom to 
maybe be at home more, like Fiona wants to be at home with the son more, where maybe you can work from your laptop and never in the history of dental hygiene has that been possible until this digital age. You were so blessed to be able to have these options. And for me, starting it and growing my brand to where it is now, I would 500% do it all over again. And not redo the things <laughs> and the collaborations. In, in a slightly that, different way. In a slightly different in, way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but this year has been the most fruitful year in my entire career. And that's purely because of stepping out of the operatory. And I'm so, so thankful for that. And I want this to be motivation for people. And when we talk about this, it's to inspire and to say, hey, you know, if you want to do something different, you want to try these avenues, go for it. Because if you work hard, you persist, it's so, so worth it. Some months this year, I did double my clinical income, which is in my head crazy. Like I never would have thought that that could ever come of working in dental hygiene. Some months like Fiona, like they average out a little bit. Maybe I'll make, maybe I'll match what I earn clinically or depending on how many projects I do, it can be well above what I earn in clinical. So yeah, it's worth it if you're happy to work at it, be consistent at it. And I honestly would do it all again. So if anyone needs motivation. (laughs) Look here. (laughs) Yeah. It ain't easy, but yeah, it's worth it for sure. For sure. And I just to, like touch on what you said, which was really great. When would you ever think that a dental hygienist could work remotely? It's funny because I was remembering a story of like, I was in the parents pool talking to them about something and mm. I was like, yeah, I'm working from home today. And they're like, well, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm a hygienist. And they're like, um, like, I don't understand that. Sorry, what? What do you mean you're <laughs> yeah. a hygienist working from home? <laughs> yeah, We're definitely, I feel like breaking some new boundaries And these boundaries are only going to be helped to fulfill by more people. So there's Mm -hmm. openings and avenues for everybody to kind of come in and Mm -hmm. follow the path, create a new path, whatever it may look like. But again, just like to kind of, Mm -hmm. for sure, but to kind of back up what you said, like, it's not easy. It is another job. It's not Mm going to be just a quick take a picture and put it up there. There is strategy. There is planning, Mm -hmm. editing, creativity. I mean, you don't want to be taking your concepts and ideas from somebody else like Mm -hmm. that's going to get stale really quick it's not going to be fruitful for you the biggest game changer for my well-being at work has definitely been investing in ergonomic loops if you're currently thinking about it don't be like me and wait years and years for the next train and forward head posture to sink in invest in them now i did lots of research into what loops i should invest in and decided on four times magnification Admitec loops. I'm so happy with the quality for the price point, along with the really responsive customer service. I've had no major issues with my loops, except for a really minor issue with the screw coming loose. And my local rep came out so quickly and it was such an easy fix. So for my loyal podcast listeners, if you mention you heard about these loops from Emma Talks Teeth, they will also throw in a treat that you really don't want to miss out on. So for all your Admitec products, contact Byron Medical here in Australia. Their team is wonderful and you'll love working with ergonomic loops. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, no, I completely, completely agree there. Another thought. So we obviously work in an industry where there's so many different brands, there's multiple different products across different brands that maybe have similar or same products. 
What do you think about working exclusively as a dental professional? So say a company came to you and said, I only want you to work for me. You can't work for any competing brands. What are your thoughts on that concept? I'm okay with it in two regards. I'm okay with it if I really love and I'm behind that brand. And of course, I feel like you have the same kind of approach. The brands that I work with, I do believe in them and I do have a love for their product. Mm. But it depends on like how how in love am I with this product? Mm. Where can I see the longevity of that product and myself aligning? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the dollars. Like what Mm. can you offer me in the way to compensate that I won't be able to work with somebody else? Yeah based on only working exclusively with you. And I think that's something that early in the game, a lot of people miss out on, but always make sure that if someone's asking you to work exclusively with them, there should be some kind of compensation for that regard. So compensation could be in money or maybe having a very long-term contract. And I mean, I have companies that I have two-year contracts with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, it's like, well, it makes sense to work with them exclusively because they are going to be backing me for a very long time. Yeah. No, I like those tips there because I think that's another thing where maybe great to be aligned with a brand, but you may be leaving money on the table. And again, it's so weird to speak about money when talking about dental. I don't know. Do you feel that way or is it just me? It feels a bit like- I used to. Yeah. I used to, but then now that we've gotten into new sphere of things, I think it's like, but this is what I'm doing for a job. Like this is what I'm doing- to compensate what I'm doing in hygiene. And I'm Mm. offering people, like you said, these companies should be coming with marketing. I'm offering them an opportunity for a different form of marketing that is quite effective. And Mm. so I should be thinking about money in this sphere. I should be thinking about the time and the moments that I'm like in the grocery store thinking about different ideas, you know, like that's my time, my knowledge Mm -hmm. and everything wrapped in there. Mm. Yeah, definitely have to grow into being more comfortable speaking about it. But even this episode, I'm like, oh, this is something really, really different. I've not really spoken about the monetary aspect there. But like you said, I do treat it as a whole other job. Like it's such an important part of my career now and my current journey. And I also agree with you in that you should definitely be asking brands for more if they're asking you to work exclusively as well. But yeah, that could be another podcast in itself. (laughs) There's just so much to know and to go through. There is. And it's funny because like now you were talking about how like it's a whole other job, treating like a whole other job. So it's funny because now my family finally is on road and I'm not just talking about like my immediate family. When about my extended family, like they 100% are behind me on this. And they'll be like, Fiona works hard. She works hard. She's got to go to work today. They'll be like, when are you working? And I'll be like, well, I'm only in clinic these days. And like, no, but you're working the other days, right? And I'm like, I love you guys. This is great. (laughs) That's so good. So good. And, you know, so it's good to have family supporting you and backing you and realizing that it is a real opportunity. It's not just flighty. Yeah, that's so great. I love that for you. And just before we get into a quick fire segment of some questions that were sent through on Instagram, do you have some tips for any hygienist, therapist, oral health therapist who maybe wants to start their dental creator journey? Yeah, I think tips are feel comfortable in your creativity Mm. because it only works 
so much better for you if you have your own vision and you're willing to stick by it. Mm. Don't try to do the vision of everybody else's because that's really what makes you unique. And then, you know, reach out and get to know the people in the community, collaborate. It really does work to your favor. Mm. Yeah, that's so great. And my tips to add on to that is... I think definitely big one is don't just work for any brand, even though we've not sort of explicitly said this in our conversation today. I think it's sort of a read between the lines by the way that Fiona and I have been chatting together today is I think it's important to really only align yourself with brands, products, companies, like products that you would actually recommend your patients. And there are so many products out there, so many new things coming onto the scene all the time. And it's really hard to navigate. And as a new creator, it's a really nice feeling being like, oh, hey, do you want to collaborate? I would love to feature you on our page or blah, blah, blah. Like it's a nice feeling, but it's important to remember it's your reputation at the end of the day. You want your community to trust you. I think that's really, really important. Like people know when you're not being genuine and that really shines through in what you post on your page or your reels or whatever it is that you upload. So I guess that adds on to being authentic and creating content in the way that organically comes to you because what works for another really great creator may not work for you. Like there's another really popular American creator and she has a dental chair in her house and she creates content with like actors and like it works really well for her. And she's been open about how at one point in her life, she's wanted to be an actress and like, it's really reflective in the type of content that she creates and her community really resonates with it, but I could never do anything like that. So I feel like everyone finds their way of communicating with their audience and you have to go with that because then you're just creating content inauthentically and you number one won't last very long because you're not creating something that comes from you it's completely different and number two you're not going to resonate with your communities so I think that would be probably two of my top tips there yeah yeah absolutely I agree with those Alrighty, let's get into our questions. I've just picked four because we could probably talk all day and night about this, but I know it's getting late over there in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the first question is, do you find it difficult to balance being both a content creator and a dental hygienist? I did a little bit, I think, in the beginning when I was working quite a bit as a hygienist. I think making sure that you plan a schedule or make an understanding with yourself of how much do you want to post, how much do you want to edit, how much do you want to work or have it kind of like enter into your normal workspace. You have to look at kind of all those factors. I also think it's going to look at some of the topics that you're going to align with as well, too. So like if it flows easily with what you're doing in your work, Mm. in your everyday, I think it flows a lot easier and it doesn't kind of overlap and make it as difficult. But if it's something that you need to be researching or like uncovering stuff, then it might be a bit more challenging. Mm. So from my experience, I found it easier in the beginning because... We were in lockdown. We were in COVID lockdown, hard lockdown, weren't able to work. So I had all this time on my hands and I basically spent all day every day because aside from exercising or scrolling on Instagram and TikTok, watching TV, 
like this is the only outlet that I had. So when I was in lockdown, I found it so much easier. I was on YouTube, I was creating way more content for YouTube and putting out so much more content during the week. But I now definitely find it much more difficult in that with the opportunities that have come from my journey, it's a lot harder. And at some points, I do feel like I've spread myself thin. And when you are using your creative juices so much for others, it doesn't leave very much for yourself at the end of the day. So there were periods, particularly through this year, where because I was just creating so much for others, I just didn't have that time or energy for myself. So I think for me coming into the new year, it's definitely refocusing what and where I would like to grow myself and putting myself first, as cliche as that sounds. So, I mean, it is tricky. I do work four days clinically and Fiona does way more than me (laughs) and she's a mama. So it's tricky finding a balance sometimes, you know, upon family, social life, self-care. It can be a lot, but like I said earlier, it's so worth it for me. And the next question This was a comment on a post on Instagram though, and it is tips for getting into dental sales. I'll let you take the floor here because I've not worked in sales. I did and I didn't work in sales. So I've worked with a dental pharmaceutical company where I actually was an educator for them. So I educated their sales team. Mm. I educated the clinics that were using the particular products Mm -hmm. and they would actually bring me, the sales team would bring me sometimes as the educator to close the sales for them. Wow. Because sometimes what they needed was an extra little bit of the expertise of the professional themselves, because sometimes the salespeople weren't actually from the dental sphere. I mean, I've worked in that sphere. I haven't been an actual salesperson, Mm -hmm. but I can 100% say a couple of things here that would definitely help you to get into that sphere. I know a lot of times that they say that you need to have like a degree or like something like that. That's not always the case. Your hygiene, if you're a dentist, whatever it is, that a lot of times is just more than enough because you've already got that post-secondary. Plus you have invaluable knowledge about being in the op, about treating patients. Nobody with a sales background can get that quality that you have. And then where it kind of like really boosts you even further is if you have a background in sales. So if you had a retail experience, any kind of sales experience for myself, I decided that I wanted to have sales experience kind of like ending high school, going into university because I knew I wanted to be in dentistry. I knew I needed to speak to people and I wanted to do it well. I did a lot of sales experience, a lot of B2B experience. And so for me, they even asked me while I was in that educator role, they asked me if I wanted to transition over to sales. And I was like, uh, no, for me, particularly, I just don't want to live my life on numbers Mm. and I can do the numbers. I can do the sales. I actually enjoy it. I just don't want to live my life like that. I'm very much a person that's like, I would love to know what I'm going to make minimum here. Or I would like to know what I, which is weird because I'm doing content creation now, but (laughs) trust me, I still, I still have it like, I still have it set up where I'm like, I know my minimum every single month Mm, mm. at the very least. Mm -hmm. Thank you for those insights. Yeah. Now, the next question is all these private accounts. I want to know who you are. (laughs) This person asked, I want to dabble into being a dental creator next year, but I do have a lot on my plate already. Is it really worth the money for all the time you put into it? I think we've sort of covered this one though. I think so. If you're already too busy and you're going to add this onto your plate, I would say no. 
Mm. I think people underestimate all the time and energy that it takes. Like, for example, I think I don't really think about it because I'm just like, it has to be done. And, you know, I've got two podcasts that I've got to put out per month and I've got this contract with this company, so it has to be done. I don't really think about the time it takes, as silly as that sounds, but, you know, you just got to get it done. Like I will get home from work on a Monday and like reply to emails and emails are sneaky. You think they're going to take 10 minutes. They take so, so oh long. Oh my God, they could take you hours. Yeah, and then, you know, 90 minutes later and you're like, oh my goodness, like it's time for me to do my skincare. It's time for me to go to bed. So like that's one night. The next night, maybe I recorded a podcast on the weekend and now I've got to create the podcast snippet. I've got to create the excerpt to put on Spotify podcasters. I've got to create the can. Like there's so much that comes along with the podcast. I've got to send it off to my editor and tell him how I want it done. And that's Tuesday night. Like I'm doing something every single night, basically. And there are weeks where I will say today's Friday, my non-clinical day. I will try and get as much as I can done today. And tomorrow I've got a friend's miss. So I want to do absolutely nothing tomorrow, but my Monday to Friday will be packed after work during the day, trying to get that stuff done. So I can have a social life and I can see friends and family. So it is a lot, but yeah, it's definitely for you to figure out for yourself. And the last question, what does your boss think of you being a dental creator and are they okay with you using your phone in the clinic all the time? That is such a tricky situation because I've already had problems with that. And I know some creators who've had problems with it and stuff Mm. like that. Some bosses are very supportive of it. Others might not be. I 100% recommend don't ever, ever, ever take images and think that people are going to be okay with it. Mm. Always, always, always check in with your boss. Always make sure that that's something that can be done and released. Don't take images of people or students or whoever you may have around you without the students permissions Mm -hmm. without the school's permission as Mm. well too the school also has to sign off on that you just never know because a lot of people are worried about the image of their clinic or the image of like you being at their clinic so you may not even be showing their clinic and they could have a problem with you as their clinician Mm. doing social media and having opinions yeah there's a lot to think about and a lot to be ready for I had had concerns in the past with an employer. I won't go into details, but it did end where I had to leave Mm. because they just weren't being supportive anymore. And they were asking for things that I just couldn't promise for them and was limiting my future. Mm. Yeah. I luckily haven't needed to deal with employees like that, thankfully, where I've been for the last couple of years or my current practice where I work three days a week. They've always been supportive of it. But like Fiona said, I have heard of clinics where like if you're not seeing patients, you're expected to stock your room, you're expected to help the DAs, like you're not supposed to sit there with your phone out scrolling. But I'm very, very lucky in that my current clinics are very supportive of me and what I love to do non-clinically and even if I have to take time off work to like go to a trade show or conference or speak at something, it's no problem at all. It's like, yep, no problems, we'll find cover. So I'm very lucky there. But yeah, just be careful with sort of how you respect their openness to it if you are allowed to do so. Definitely, like Fiona said, like I don't even post patient images of teeth 
or like tartar. I don't know what it's like in their clinics. Maybe their patients sign a form where it's like I consent to educational content, but then does that give you the right to then post it on Instagram? I don't know. I don't think so. So I will never post like bite wings or an OPG or you just don't know who's following you. Like you might have someone come into your chair and you post something and their daughter follows you and it's like, oh, you've just posted, you know, you just never know. So um, definitely be respectful in that respect. Yeah, in that regard, you would want to get the release of patients, which you can add in the release form that would go on social media. But then along with the patient, again, you need to get your clinic, whoever is running the clinic, you need to get their permission Mm -hmm. as well too to release those photos. And then I would just always recommend don't take images during your shift. Mm -hmm. If you get the opportunity to do it, everybody's okay with it, do it before or after your shift at the clinic. Yeah, that's what you should plan for. I would say plan for like an extra hour to be there that you would take images and do whatever you want to do. Mm. Yeah, I have had people DM me before on reels I've posted of people in the chair and they're like, oh, like, are you allowed to do that? Like, surely you're not allowed to do that. But they're never patients. It's like my mum or my brother or a friend <laughs> or one of the DAs that I've just asked if they can sit in the chair. So there's always consent involved. You always have to make sure that you get people's yes to post them online. Some people are really private, so you need to be careful there. But the big one I think Fiona mentioned is your boss being wary of maybe, because everyone's got different opinions, right? You're not always going to agree with your boss and vice versa. And you're a reflection of their clinic. So whatever you say, they might be really conservative. So I think at the end of the day, you do need to clear it with your employer. And yeah, particularly if you're in the school setting, that's a trickier one. But yeah, a few considerations there, guys. Well, thank you so much, Fiona, for coming on the podcast. I think this will be a really insightful episode for someone who's looking to maybe extend their career in our direction. (laughs) Something pretty out of the box, but I honestly wish I did it sooner and I'm glad I'm doing it. And even though it is different and you get people questioning what you do or maybe not sure about what you do or get people talking negatively. It's just remember why you're here and just keep that in the forefront of your mind. If anyone wants to reach out to you, Fiona, if they want to ask you a question, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So they can reach me on IG at Mouthbox. I also have another account at BigSysRDH. I can be reached there as well too. Or you can always email me, mouthbox at gmail.com. Amazing. Thanks, Fiona. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe for future episodes. And I would love if you would leave a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on. It's really appreciated and it helps the podcast get out to many more. And of course, share it with someone who wants to learn more about working online as a dental professional. Until next time, everyone, take care. Bye.